0: Following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. I'll get into the sermon and the catechism. Uh, <laughs> I just won't forget. Um, uh, first of all, if if you are towards the end of the crowd leaving here on Sunday mornings. Uh, could you do us a favor and check to make sure the sinks and the bathrooms aren't left on? We keep finding water running. Uh, Sometimes it's hot water, which costs more than cold water. Um, We're not going to drain the river, but uh, anyway. So if you're towards the end, if you could just kind of make a sweep through and and, uh, we help each other out that way, I'd appreciate that. Uh, And there was a second thing that I'll think of later. (laughs) I didn't write it down. Um, So did you have an idea? Oh yes, that was it. Thank you. Um, so uh, this is this message is not for you. Uh, it's for if, it's for those who participate in our live stream and watch our our services online. Uh, some live, and I know some recorded. Um, we've we've decided that we are going to start our our actual live stream a little bit later, like after the prayer time, so that our our prayer requests and, and the things that we share kind of stay here among us because uh, our, our live stream is a recorded thing, and it goes out on the Internet, which means it lasts forever, uh, and so we can't get some of those things back. So we want to keep those things more personal, more in-house, um, and if you're participating through the live stream and sharing prayer requests and stuff, you can still text us or whatever, and uh, we'll, we'll pray for you Um Uh, And that's an encouragement uh, if you are watching the live stream uh, that you can be praying for the things that go out on the prayer email every week um, because those are the types of things that we're sharing here. So um, just wanted a little public service announcement there. So if you're waiting for the live stream to start, I'm sorry, it won't start at 9.37. Uh, So, okay, there's that. So let's go to the catechism. Again, a reminder, we've been using the New City Catechism for the last few months um, and studying these questions together. Um, if you are interested in participating in that and you're not, you can purchase a book called The New City Catechism, or there is a free app in your app thingy with a, you know, uh, that you can download that app for free. And it has all of the same content the scriptures, the commentary, um, as well as the questions and answers for both kids and adults. And if you use the kids' version, you get to learn a little song that helps you remember the. Uh, the question and answer as well. So we are all the way to question 21, uh, 24 this week out of 52. So we're going to start at question 21 here. So what sort of redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? Kids. Excellent. And adults, one who is truly human and also truly God. That's, that's the only easy one. You get the same. Uh, question twenty-two: Why must the Redeemer be truly human? Excellent. And adults. Then, in human nature, he might, on our behalf, perfectly obey the whole law and suffer the punishment for human sin and also that he might sympathize with our weaknesses. In question 23, why must the redeemer be truly God? So it's like an echo. <laughs> and adults, that because of his divine nature His obedience and suffering would be perfect and effective and also that he would be able to bear the righteous anger of God against sin and yet overcome death. And question 24. Why was it necessary for Christ the Redeemer to die? Excellent. And adults, since death is the punishment for sin, Christ died willingly in our place to deliver us from the power and penalty of sin and bring us back to God. By his substitutionary atoning death, he alone redeems us from hell and gains for us forgiveness of sin, righteousness and everlasting life. Amen. Amen. It's been really great kind of learning some of the fundamental foundational doctrine uh, of the Christian faith, if, that, if you didn't know that's what you were doing. Um, it's been a, a really a, a great blessing, I think, to kind of get a handle on some of these basic things um, and still see the rich fullness of the theology that's at work um, in each of these things. So praise the Lord for that. So, now you can turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, and that's on page 869 in the Pew Bibles. Uh, We're going to take a look at the account of Jesus in the home of Martha and Mary. So, Luke chapter 10, um, starting at verse 38. Now, this is the same same Martha and Mary that had a brother named Lazarus um, that lived in the village of Bethany just outside of Jerusalem. Uh, Lazarus is not mentioned here in our text, uh, just Martha and Mary. And the contrast between these two ladies has been the subject of every sermon ever preached on this text ever. Um, so that'll be fun to look at. Uh, and the, and the, uh, the obvious lesson every sermon on this has ever been is be like Mary, not like Martha. Let's close in prayer. Well, let's look at the text and see if there isn't a little bit more to it than that. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this text that you have protected and provided for us this morning. We thank you that you have preserved your word um, written so long ago, and here we have the same words uh, written for us here today. And Lord, we pray now that your spirit would speak that you would speak to us. That would not be my words, but your words this morning. I pray that you would interpret the words that I say between my lips and your people's ears. And you would make them effective and write them on our hearts. We give you this time, Lord, for your glory and for our good. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, there have been a lot of unfair and inaccurate contrast between these two ladies, Martha and Mary. Some have said that Martha serves as a type of the worldly-minded person, about, all about the things of the world, right, or with her hustling and bustling in the kitchen and distracted by the worries of the world. And where Mary, on the other hand, our hero, all heavenly minded, you know, all about the Lord Jesus and his teaching and sat at his feet and she chose the good part and Martha's just kind of a distracted knucklehead. Well, some say in a different comparison that Martha represents a works-based religion where Mary represents living by faith alone. There have been contrasts or comparisons made between Martha and the Jewish faith following the law and following the rules and earning your place, or even the Catholic religion. You have to do all the things and pray all the right prayers and show up at the right times. You have to do, do, do. And Martha's, that's where Martha is, and Mary, no, no, just living by faith alone. Some say that Martha represents a type A personality. This is a psychological exercise, right where where uh Martha type a forceful direct busy putting everything in straight lines making sure there are 90 degree angles in all the silverware and the napkins right and if you, I, I like this is the closest i think to accurate because if you look at other accounts um Martha and Mary are this particular Martha and Mary uh, i i believe there are three accounts in scripture where they're they're mentioned um and, and Martha is the one that, like, she shoots straight. When Lazarus dies, right? Remember, we've, we've read the account of, of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Jesus shows up, and Martha's like, if you'd been here, my brother would not be dead. I, 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 can you get more direct than that? I mean, that's pretty, that seems like a fair type A category, right? I don't know. Being a type, I'm a type C, I think. I've, um, but Mary, um, Mary represents the type B personality, just kind of going with the flow and laid back in the living room, chilling with Jesus, you know, because not worried about anything because somebody else is going to worry about it. And life is way better for, for Mary than Martha, right? I don't think life is better for type B's than it is for type A's. I don't think that's the comparison that Luke was making or the Holy Spirit through him. Some say that Martha is representative of, an, representative of an active life where Mary represents a more contemplative life, right? And Jesus affirms that it's far better to sit, you know, alone and to think about life and consider the universe and, and, um, and everything, not just to work, work, work all the time. Uh, you don't have to do anything. You just have to be, you know get busy being, right? And that's better. And I, I mean, that's Christian psychology at work. And I, and I don't think that's a good label for it because I don't think that's right either. So we have to remember, first of all, that both of these ladies, Martha and Mary, were friends and disciples of Jesus. Martha and Mary both have faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and they are both trying to serve the Lord Jesus wholeheartedly. And just as they just had their own ideas about how best to do that. For Martha, it was giving, and for Mary, it was receiving. Now, it's clear that Jesus affirms Mary's actions and attitude over Martha's, but let's take a look at Martha and her actions and see uh, maybe where she went off course a little bit. Uh, the first thing we notice, whose home is it? It's Martha's, right? This is Martha's home where Jesus is welcomed, right? Martha may have been a widow. Uh, she may have just been the eldest sibling in this, um, in this group. We, we really don't know. Either way, Luke makes it clear that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home, right? So that is not a strike against Martha. Either way. This is her house. Martha clearly wanted to present her, the best her household could afford to Jesus and the disciples. And she was working hard to accomplish that. Do you see any problem with that? You're slow to shake your heads. <laughs> You're wary of the trap, right? Um, I have to ask you, Martha is working hard to give Jesus her best, to, to give the best that she can. Can you blame her? Can you blame her for being upset with Mary? Because, like, she's trying to make things right for Jesus. Um, Mary, hello, can you get up off the couch, please, or off the floor and help me? We still have, there's still rolls in the oven, right? You're sitting around and not helping me get things done. Now, uh, this is just a window into my brain I can't help but think about Martha Stewart in this story. <laughs> right. I, I don't think that's the. Um, I think Martha Stewart's parents knew what she was going to be like, and that's why they named her Martha. Right. Um, I can I can picture this Martha, not Martha Stewart. I can picture her with all four burners of the stove going right, and and things are bubbling and. And steaming, and, and there's a roast in the oven, and, and don't forget the rolls, right? And she's doing the dishes. Now, who is it that's going to fold these napkins into swans, right? This, this stuff needs to get done. Where's Mary? These napkins are not going to fold themselves. Somebody needs to get out the nice dishes. Do you have nice dishes? When I was a kid, we had nice dishes, and like they came out of Thanksgiving and special birthdays, and they were they were the nice dishes. And they were special until I learned that they all came from the A&P and yard sales. And then I was given the nice dishes, and that's when I found out they all just came from the grocery store with like a coupon thing, and I gave them away. (laughs) Those, they were just other dishes. Yeah. Now they're somebody else's other dishes. Yeah. All right. So this is where Martha makes her, uh, makes a mistake. Her problem, her first problem is not that she's working too hard. Uh, it's that she had a bad attitude about it and tried to get Jesus to side with her. Now, we don't ever do this, right? When we have a disagreement with a person and we're like, Lord, come over here to our side because, like, you know what they're doing. Hey, can you fix that? Come over here and fix them, Right? Yeah, I'm the only one. Yeah. No. Okay, good. No. I don't do that at all. I'm glad. It's just a bunch of losers out there in this crazy stuff. All right. So Martha's attitude was her problem. Martha is distracted with much serving. And these words are important here, much serving, not just serving. Like, I've got to just cut the peanut butter and jelly into triangles, right? This is much serving. This is over and above what was necessary it, the, the accounts of Jesus in, in the New Testament is simple, right? How, how many verses ago did he say, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests? Uh, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Do you think he cares about how many courses are served? You know, this is a seven-course meal that Martha's getting ready. Are you counting the verses? <laughs> Don't count the verses. Don't get distracted with much serving. <laughs> Martha was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Do you not care? You remember, there was another group that asked Jesus that question once. The disciples in the boat. Lord, don't you care that we're drowning? What a stupid question. Yes. Well, you just... You have the Savior in the boat. Do you think he's going to drown after all of this? Do you think he's going to starve if, if the, the swans are not properly folded? No. no. So Martha, I, I don't like beating up on Martha. Martha is clearly given to hospitality, right? Her doors are wide open with welcome. And that's a good thing, to welcome Jesus and the disciples into her home. Now, this isn't just Jesus. And you, the rest of you guys stay outside, right? Everybody comes in. All of these smelly vagrants come into her house, and she's cooking them a meal, right? She's a great example of good things becoming bad things, right, because they're not put in their proper place. Nothing wrong with making a fancy meal. Nothing wrong with, with getting your house just so uh, for company, but she had become distracted and disgruntled and made more of her tasks and honestly more of herself than she ought to. Getting this meal together, getting the house ready was more important to her than hearing what Jesus might have to say. Because she didn't just say, Lord, get get Mary to come in here and help. She's, what is she saying to Jesus? What is she communicating to Jesus. Lord, what you're doing here is great. But it's not that important. We need to get the napkins folded for crying out loud. Can you please stop talking, Jesus? So Mary will come in here and help me. That's a little bit more than That's a pretty big distraction. I think that Martha was well-meaning in her service, but her priorities were out of line, and she was incorrect in her assumption about what Jesus wanted. Well, Jesus wants your best, right? What is your best? That's the real question that we've got to deal with. And I I grew up in a church um, where you gave Jesus your best every Sunday. That translated into how you dress, right? That, That... That translated into how much you use your razor, (laughs) you know. I mean, I paid a lot of money for these shoes, I guess, but. (laughs) Right. It's just out of line priorities. What is your best? That's really the question. She assumed that Jesus would want the best that her household had to offer. And that best meant a well-plated meal and an immaculate table, and all the things that put your house in magazines and on HGTV. All right? Is that what Jesus wanted? Uh, Did he want her best? Yes, absolutely. Was her best her abilities, her hospitality? No. No. This blows my mind, because I would be doing the exact same thing. Or, you know, let me show you the shop. Jesus, you know, like a carpenter, right? Making furniture just like the Savior, right? You're going to want to see that. You're gonna sh- I want to show you all the, you know, the cool things, and look at the view, and, and look at this, and look at that. I want to show you all the stuff I got and, and, and what makes my life special. Just shut up while I tell you about it all. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, is in her living room and she buried his instruction and teaching and presence with excessive and unnecessary preparations instead of accepting the benefit of his presence and his teaching to be able to hear the word of God from the lips of the Son of God. But as in all these stories, Martha is not the bad guy and Mary is the good guy. That's not, that's not it. There is harmony to be found between these two. As Charles Wesley wrote, to have Martha's careful hands and Mary's loving heart. Right? Verse 41, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. There's emphasis there. In saying her name twice, this is not a rebuke. This is, a, this is compassion. From the Lord. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. Martha, Martha, you've chosen hard work, and Mary has chosen rest. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but there's only one thing that is necessary. Necessary to what? Only one thing is necessary, Jesus said, and Mary chose the good portion. What is it? What was necessary to receive Christ, to truly receive Christ rightly? Mary chose the good portion. So there's Martha working away in the kitchen, trying her best to serve the Lord while Mary sat at his feet and listened to his teaching. And Jesus said that she chose the good portion. And he wouldn't take it from her. Martha's out there giving her all. Right? She is putting the time in. All worked up and worried about the things that honestly didn't matter. And certainly wouldn't last. How many other portions of Scripture are given to that dinner? And how fantastic it was. Have you ever read about the place settings? You ever read about... How, how dust-free the, the dining room was? No. No. She was trying to give Jesus her best and thought that Mary ought to give Martha's best also. There's, there's a problem. But her best wasn't her work. Her best wasn't her talents. Her best wasn't her abilities. The best she had to give was her heart was herself. And that's the portion that Mary chose. The truth is that the servant of God is hungry for the word of God. That's where we experience the presence of God. The servant of Christ longs to hear the words of Christ. To put this in practical term, and we just talked about it earlier, the church lawn needs mowing. Okay? And there is a time and a season for everything. You know how I know that? Because the birds sang that song. I mean, it's in the Bible. There's a time and a season for everything. When is the time and season to mow the lawn? Now? No. That, it's Wednesday. It's not Sunday. Right? Right? This is the equivalent of Martha mowing the lawn during our service because it needs doing and the Lord's going to like a well-kept lawn. I think. Right? This is this is she is downstairs making lunch during the sermon. That's what's going on. Is that this is this is useless activity. Because it's based on improper priorities. Listening to the word of God must 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 have the utmost priority in our lives. Now I'm not saying that because I'm a preacher and if you listen to me, it will make it like validate my life. I, I don't need that. I'm saying if you're only listening to me, if this is the only time you hear the word of God, you're going to die on the vine. That's the truth. You're going to starve in your walk with, with the Lord. Your, your walk is going to suffer. We have to saturate ourselves in the word of God. We have to listen to sermons. We have to read the word. We have to listen to the word read. Read it for ourselves and then hear what other people have to say. Right. Listen to the Alistair Beggs. Listen to the John Pipers. Listen to the R.C. Sprouls and the Ray Steadmans. Right. If you want some recommendations for good preachers to listen to or authors to read, come talk to me. I would love to talk to you about that. Right. I, 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 I am not it. Okay? The simple truth is that our commitment to Christ must be a priority over our achievement for Christ. So even in our saturation with the Word of God, we have to be careful of our motivation. I listened to six sermons this week. Let me tell you what I'm wicked spiritual. That's why. If that's what your motivation is, and you just want to brag? Good. Good luck with that. That's useless. Right? You might as well go mow the lawn. Or you can listen to sermons while you're mowing the lawn. We have to be careful that our motivation to hear the word of God is because we love him and want to hear from him, not to show off for other people. The simple truth is that our commitment to Christ must be a priority over our achievement For Christ, as Alistair Begg put it, beware the trap of performance-based Christianity. There is so often a temptation to get so busy doing for Christ that we neglect being with Christ, hearing from Christ. We can't forget that. Jesus said in John 15, 4 through 5, which is a chapter all about this subject, John 15. That's a hint. Write that down. John 15, he said in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Not apart from me, you can accomplish a lot of great stuff. Apart from me, you know, you can build a a crystal cathedral. Not apart from me, you can get by and you'll be okay. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You have nothing, be nothing, nothing. from Christ there's certainly nothing wrong with doing things for Christ right we're all called to serve him and there's certainly a lot of work to do but our service for Christ must come after our devotion to Christ as a person as a savior as our Lord he comes first our time in the word our time in prayer our time hearing good preaching and reading good books It's saturating ourselves in good teaching. We have to fill the buckets of our heart so that we have to fill them with the word of God so that when we're asked, we have something good to pour out. Right. That only happens when we're saturated in the word of God. There's a lot to say about this. But I think we get just distracted because we want to do good things. Right? Don't we? But there there are some who have said that the enemy of the, the great is good. And the enemy of the of the best is better. And we settle because we're doing good things. We're putting on the the thing, and, the, and people like it. You know, who cares if the people like it? Does it draw us closer to Christ? Does it fill us with his word? Or are we just doing things because we feel bad because we're not doing enough? <laughs> now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet And listen to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Martha is not the bad guy. Mary is not the hero. Jesus is. Choose the good portion and fill your heart with the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word this morning. I pray that it won't be the last word we hear from you this week. Help us, Lord, to continue... um, to saturate ourselves with your word, to listen to good teaching and preaching, to read good books. Lord, I pray that you would protect us from false teaching. You would protect us from those who would sway us away from the truth of the gospel towards a gospel of good works or prosperity, health and wealth. Help us, Lord, to embrace the truth of the gospel in your word. As it's written, these are your words, and we're grateful for them. But we need your help to do them. Remind us, Lord, that there are better things on the radio, that there are better things on our podcasts, there are better things on our TVs than what we consume so often. Fill us with your word as you filled us with your Holy Spirit. And give us grace when we fail. We're so grateful. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipie, New Hampshire, 03890.